Welcome to Timberline Windsor. Thanks for joining us this weekend. We are a church family that strives to let love live in every facet of our lives. We at Timberline Windsor desire everyone, every man, woman, and child that calls this church family home to be a part of Connections. To join one today, visit our website or download the Timberline app. Enjoy today's message. It's so unique to be able to stand here on on the last day of 2023, looking back on what God has done. And and in this case, of course, one of the things we talked about at a pre-weekend meeting where worship is about Jesus, worship is about God, and and, and yet he chooses to involve us and, and bring our specific gifts and unique abilities. And so I, I've loved having this, this kind of stripped down version of, of worship where Ashley just kind of leads us and, and the media team has to kind of follow wherever she's leading. And it's kind of a fun little game there. But uh, it is a true, true blessing. Ashley, thank you. And Wilbur, uh, thank you guys for being a part of this family. You're, you're a blessing to all of us. Um, If you're new with us, I'm John. I'm the campus pastor here at the Timberline Church Windsor campus. Timberline exists as one church, different campuses, one church. We know there are many great Bible-believing, Jesus-loving churches in our midst, in our community, and we want you to be a part of one, engaged and known and connected at a local church body. And so if you're new with us, a couple of things. We have a connection card in the seat back in front of you. We'd love for you to fill that out. I'd love to say hi to you uh, electronically during the week if you want to fill that card out. Or, of course, I'd love to see you after service. I'll be up here at the front. Um, if you're a guest and you don't want any of that, but you will take us up on a gift that we have for you, we'd love for you to stop by the Welcome Center. We are just so glad that you're here. Um, I've told many people that are closest to me that, that this part of my week, the weekend service part of my week, is one of the most tank-filling parts of my week for me because I love to see your faces. I love to see you do what God has called you to do in fellowship and in service and in worship. It's truly one of the highlights of my week. And so when you hear me say each week, that, man, it's good to be with you, and I love being with you. You need to know I really mean that. Aw, pastor gushing over his love for the church. Isn't that precious? But standing here on the final day of the calendar year allows us some opportunity to have some perspective. Perspective in looking back over what God has done first, and then looking forward, which we'll get to. And, and I want to lean into that a little bit because I'm one of those rare, weird people that still uses a physical calendar and then color codes it and does all kinds of stuff. Did I hear someone? What in the world? All right, a church of weirdos. I love it. So, um, so I was looking back over my calendar in 2023, and here's just some of the things that I reflected on. And, and man, it was like a snowball. Once I started, I couldn't stop. See, we started the year using a phrase, we want to be a church that follows the nudges of the Spirit. When, when the Spirit's stirring something within us, we want to follow those nudges. And, and we had people doing that, sharing testimony on Good Friday services like Randy and Kelsey. And we have foster care dreams of people like Liz Brzezinski. How can we transform the engagements and efforts and support services of foster efforts in northern Colorado? And we've had dozens of people following the nudge and and being baptized and sharing their testimony with friends and family. Just just people of the church, you people, following the nudges of the Spirit, where God is leading us. 
How about people that, that want to feel for things like God feels for them? God, I want your heart for the poor, for, for the vulnerable, for the neglected. So we have you count ministry or anti-sex trafficking efforts and survivor support in that arena. We have our sanctity of life efforts, particularly through Weld County's Pregnancy Resource Center, big time efforts in trauma-informed care with our Hope for the Journey conference that we host at this campus, being among the very first churches in all the state of Colorado, this campus, in launching what's called a families care program, coming alongside of families that are vulnerable in, in order to help them avoid some of the trauma that the foster care system can, can inevitably bring. And I've been a part of one of those two missions teams that we have there. Shout out to Team 2, not the most original team name, but works for us. Supplying and releasing Bible translations for unreached people groups, including being a part of a completed Armenian translation in the past year. Of course, continuing efforts with Serve 6-8, extending support and care for families in need. And what about being a fun church? Last spring, we enjoyed Orchard Creek's concert for our volunteers and Rusty 44's concert during our, our Easter fest. We had TSM, that's Timberline Student Ministry, having all their various camps and events. And then, of course, we have our Timber Kids and our middle school students now joining us once a month in, in worship efforts. That's something we, we launched this last week. You got the, the beautiful chaos of Vacation Bible School and all the discipleship that happens there. You got the kids that led us in, in their Christmas concert and the Foth family service just a couple of weeks ago, Christmas Fest, Easter Fest, not to mention a pretty sweet truck commercial on social media, if I do say so myself. Living out our faith as a church family that knows how to have fun. And then there's stories. In the midst of all that, there's stories shared from friends like Christina and Janine ahead of Easter. And around Easter time. And then baptisms or, or newsletter features or our hosts getting up here each week and, and sharing the life of the church from their perspective. We've had worship team members sharing in the midst of worship services what God has been doing in their life or stories of times that he showed up. Now, some of those stories you may not remember. I don't recall hearing that one, or I'm not sure what that story was all about, but it's okay, because to the people who were involved in their, those stories, they know the movement of God and how powerfully it's touched their lives and lives around them. That's, that's one of the reasons I love getting together on the weekends like this, is the stories, the stories. And then there's worship. Man, there's there's worship where, where we have prayed that, God, would you use the incredible, talented, powerful team of men and women that we have to, to give you the glory that you're due and awaken and, and encourage and stir passionate worship from people. And man, it's been a great year for that. And, and Ashley, we are so proud of you and glad that you're a part of this church family. And then there's worship beyond just song. Worship in giving, worship in serving, some of you doing what only you can do with only the gifts that God has called you to do. Faithful giving, ensuring that, that God never gets your leftovers or just what you can afford, but, but he deserves and his church deserves your first fruits. Guys, this is what I love seeing and knowing that there's legacy making things even beyond that, that we have a, a window decal out there 
proclaiming that we're a fun church with a serious mission to people that drive by. We got a new lighting configuration. We got new space for students to meet up at the farm at Ginger's Garage, a donated AED system, and, and all these many ways that people of the church are just going above and beyond to go, God is stirring something in me, and I'm ready to respond. And all of this just in the last calendar year from what I could reflect on. It makes me so thankful, so overflowing with gratitude and generosity in the way that this church family gets to just live out our unique values. And I want to invite you into that and and allow you some space. Let's thank one another for being the church in the last year. Let's celebrate that. Let's, Let's appreciate that we're doing this together. Here's the thing about all that. Some of that we excitedly saw coming. Most of it we didn't. Most of what I'm standing here celebrating right now, we could have never seen coming 365 days ago. I handed out a a map of sorts uh, to the Timberline Windsor staff saying, hey, here are the notable dates in 2024. Some of this we can see coming. Hopefully it's not a shock to you that we'll have Easter in 2024 and and we'll have some missions weekends and, and that shouldn't be surprising. Those are big, but most, of what we're gonna celebrate when I stand here, if I stand here, 365 days from now, most of that we wouldn't have seen coming. God desires to to guide and shepherd our heart with that kind of open-palmed approach to the future. You don't grasp it, you don't declare it, you just kind of ride the swell. And when he chooses to involve us, We excitedly follow where he leads. That's what today's scripture is going to talk about. And I've given the media team the weekend off. And so I'm just going to read scripture from my Bible and you can receive it and you can certainly follow along. But by the time you flip there, I'm probably already moved through it. But but here we go. Matthew 6, God is guiding. How do we look and, and, and plan towards the future? Jesus taught in the middle of the greatest sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, He taught, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And then James 4, 13 through 15, as an extension of that, 
teaches, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And then all of this beautifully summed up in Proverbs 16, 9, which says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. These kind of teachings serve as a framework for days like this, where we're looking back on 2023 and then looking forward to 2024 and beyond. It's not that we're not supposed to do this like plan and look forward and anticipate. It's that you're definitely not supposed to do it presuming control or without faith, without orienting your heart with open palms, saying, God, you lead my steps. You lead my way. Have you ever heard or even ever said the phrase, God wants me to do this in the next season? Yeah, I think we all have. It's, it's one of those things that Jesus actually teaches about in the Sermon on the Mount a little bit earlier than the, what we quoted earlier, where uh, as an extension of not taking the Lord's name in vain, Exodus 20, verse 7, Jesus further warns his people against swearing an oath by God or by ourselves or really by anything that we will do a certain thing. I swear it. You don't have that ability to make that guarantee, to see that through. So instead, we're supposed to kind of reposture our lives. And, and I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to do things or God doesn't tell us he wants us to do things. I'm saying we don't know what the next 365 days will hold. We don't even know if we're going to be here in the next 365 days. So we should constantly yield what God would want with open palms. Where do you want to guide my steps? So should we make plans? Of course, certainly. And so we strive to make those plans with God-given reflection, recognizing, reflecting, appreciating what he's done in the past, and courage. So all throughout this message so far, I've been the optimistic, gushing pastor, and, and I'm gonna end there too. I'm gonna kind of bookend it by being the happy-go-lucky pastor. But right here in the middle, I want us to realize that it's gonna take some courage to do what God's calling us to do in the next year. And here's the phrase that I want us to, to kind of tie all this together. We don't have media points today, so this is just something I want you to remember. This phrase, align your heart and steal your courage. Align your heart and steal your courage. In fact, would you guys say that with me? Align your heart and steal your courage. Participation point for you to end 2023. Congrats. I'm not saying align your understanding. I'm not saying align with God's will to the extent to which you agree with it. I'm saying align your heart to God. He's your master. Where he calls you to go, we just sang about it. Spirit, lead me where my feet are unable to go. That's a beautiful song. Maybe you sung it with us. Do you mean it? Do you really want to call upon God to lead you wherever it is he wants you to go? If you know and you trust your master, 
as Lord, not just as your Savior, but as Lord, you do what he says. You go where he calls you to go. Elizabeth Elliot once said, following God, aligning your heart, is not merely a thing you add to your life, like a resolution. It's a course you choose to take. Align your heart, trust in worship, reflecting on what God has done and what he's been like and how he showed up, and then steal your courage. Because I also know that that the way God is going to refine and grow, mature his church, always involves suffering and struggle. If no one has ever pointed out to you that following Jesus necessarily entails suffering and struggle, let today be the day. We're going to need then to steal our courage. 1 Peter 5.10, after you have suffered for a time, the God of all grace restores you, confirms you, and strengthens you. Romans 5, 3 through 4, Paul says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. John 16, 33, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. For many of you that engaged in our revelation study over the last year, this will sound a little repetitive because align your heart and steal your courage sounds an awful lot like the mantra that we heard in Revelation, which was, God will be glorified. His church must endure. See, people that prepare themselves in advance for these things, People that allow all of this to sink in, setting your heart on the faithfulness of God and preparing for coming hardships, they will endure. They will see the purposes of God no matter what this world throws to them. So even though you and I might be able to foresee some of the things that are coming around in the next season of of our lives and the church and culture in 2024, most of it we can't. We won't see it coming. And here's the thing. Even if we could see it coming, usually we'd try to avoid it. And that may not be God's plan for us. In fact, on top of all this, we may even do well to prepare for the worst. Okay, it's supposed to be a holiday. That's like one of the worst things a pastor could say on New Year's Eve. Prepare for the worst, but, but it's true, but it's absolutely true. You may be one of those people that's starting to pack up your things, ready to leave or online looking for more of a feel-good sermon, but before you do that, let me make it clear what I mean by that. I'm not a pessimist. Anybody that heard the first 15 minutes of my message or knows me knows I'm no pessimist. I know that the overarching joy of what we get to be a part of is way better than anything that we can endure, anything that we're going to face. But it doesn't mean that we just overlook the worst. I'm not saying that as we look towards 2024, whatever the worst is, 
don't worry about it. It's going to be a great year. One, I don't know that. And two, that's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus took the worst and he allowed it to be embraced. Let me, let me give you a couple of examples. One, he showed up with a couple of women that he was close friends with right after their brother Lazarus had died. And here's a spoiler alert. We're going to jump forward really quick. He knew that he was minutes, maybe even moments away from turning all their tears into joy when he raised Lazarus from the dead. So he knows what he's about to do. And he meets these women, Mary and Martha. And what does he do? When he walks in, what would you do? If this were a funeral and you were to walk into a place and you knew that with all the tears, you were just moments away to turn all those tears into joy and shock and awe, how would you walk into the room? With some kind of confidence and, and some kind of like maybe sympathetic, but, but still really excited smirk on your face. Guys, 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 I know you're sad right now, but it's about to get great. That's not what Jesus did. He didn't just overlook the worst and say, hey, the worst that you're going through right now doesn't matter. No, he embraced it. Shortest verse of the Bible. Jesus wept. He met them in their sorrow and said, I know, and I'm here with you with this. That's what I mean by prepare for the worst. And then he did it again in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. See, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane anticipating the cross, anticipating rejection and crucifixion and, and all kinds of, of physical and relational and even spiritual distance and gap and pain. Now, does he know that, that Easter Sunday is just a few hours after that? Yes, he does. He predicted his death and he predicted his resurrection. He knew. But Jesus did not overlook the worst of the garden. He took it on and he weeps over the full wrath of God that we deserve that he took upon himself. So modeling Jesus is why the people of the church can prepare for the worst and not give in to despair. We can look at Jesus and we can say, I can actually know that 2024 is gonna be hard. None of us, if you were planning 2024 with words, would put the word suffering up there, but it's gonna happen. Hardship. If I were recruiting for volunteers right now for 2024 for people to serve in the church, do you think I should put like things like burnout and struggle and messy relationships? Not a great recruiting tool, but it'd be authentic. Know that there will be a cost. Prepare for the worst. So even the secular world actually has a bit of this kind of understanding. It's, it's often that the secular world taps into the kind of spiritual overarching truths. They have to. It's the best storyline available. And in the secular world, this kind of thinking is called the Stockdale Principle or Stockdale Paradox. Admiral James Stockdale was the highest ranking U.S. military man held captive during the Vietnam War. Over his period of captivity, which stretched over eight years, he was tortured 20 times. 
not knowing how long he would be held captive or how long he must endure, Stockdale prepared for the worst. He stated it later, describing his decision to steal his courage or prepare for the worst like we're talking about like this. He said, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. Oh, that's good. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. That's it. That's the secular world touching upon what we have. And we're not saying have the kind of impressive personal grit that he had. We're saying you get to rely on something stronger. The promises of God like we've been exploring all of December. The promises of the great promise keeper are what we get to stand on. Like I said earlier, or better yet, like Jesus said long ago, the people of the church are taught that we are always refined and matured in our faith through trials and suffering and hardship. No servant is greater than his master, Jesus said. They rejected me. If, if I suffered and struggled, it's gonna happen to you. Don't be surprised by it. So in 2024, prepare for the worst. Steal your courage. But the best part there is even the worst cannot possibly be as good as the best. That's what Good Friday teaches us. That's what communion, which we're gonna celebrate in a little bit, teaches us. That Jesus willingly endured the cross, the worst, knowing that the best is better than, than the worst. And before we get there to celebrating communion together, I wanna, I wanna make sure this is practical for each of us. I wanna make sure we have a not just lofty, overarching view of 2023 and then 2024. I wanna ask, church, would you consider praying and giving and serving and living in 2024 with the kind of advanced preparation that we're talking about today. I'll talk about this a little bit more next week when Pastor Derry and I kind of do a unique team teaching, part video, part live uh, teaching, but, but I want the church to prepare our hearts in advance looking forward that everything God's gonna call me to is gonna have some cost to it. In 2024, my giving is gonna be hard. It's gonna cost me something but I have prepared myself in advance that God never gets my leftovers. He never gets just what I can afford at the end of my month. He gets my first fruits. I've, I've aligned my heart and steeled my courage for that. In 2024, serving, volunteering, it's gonna get hard. It will cost me something. I might find a day or a season where, where after every time I'm serving or volunteering in this area, I plop down just exhausted because I'm spent. Or maybe even more than that, I serve in an area where, 
where where I serve and how I serve and who I serve is just messy and complicated. And it's hard. But when that happens, when my service gets hard, it's not necessarily a sign that something's broken and I need to leave. It might be a sign that I'm engaged in Christ-like, costly service. Doing what he did. I'm spending my life for this. So yeah, it's gonna cost me something. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. But I always knew that following Jesus came with a cost. So like I said, we'll dive into that more next week. But man, church, if we can prepare our hearts like that, it's not willpower. It's his example in front of us and what he did. The reason I can afford to spend my life is he gives me in exchange an entirely new, renewed soul. He gives me people around me in the church that can support me and hold me up when I can't do it on my own. I can afford to spend my life to do what we're gonna do in this next song. I reserve nothing of my life but giving you all, all that I am. So I know this might be advanced thinking. It might be a pretty high call for a holiday weekend. But even, as I said, we're standing upon the precipice of, of looking back over our 2023 and looking forward to 2024 and beyond. I didn't come up with the heart of this stuff. It's found by looking at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you're here in person and you weren't able to grab communion elements on your way in, we're gonna celebrate because this is how we know what it looks like to align our hearts and steal our courage for the best that God has for us. The elements are in the back. Now would be a great time for you to head back there if you would like to participate in this and didn't get it on the way in. But knowing full well what was facing him in the rejection and the betrayal and the torture and the impending murder, Jesus sat down with his disciples one last time for one last supper and Mark reads it like this. As they were eating, he, Jesus, took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them. And he said, take, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. If you have accepted the blood of Jesus Christ on your behalf as the full and final payment for your sins, you don't need to clean up your life. You don't need to take any steps back towards God. He has taken all the steps necessary. All you need to do is embrace it. So I invite you, church, to take the bread and remember this was his body broken for us. And as we take the cup, we remember that, that the Bible talks about us having a cup of wrath stored up with all of the payment for our sins and our waywardness. My cup was full and Jesus took it 
on my behalf and he drank it. So when I get in front of the presence of God and, and I look for my cup, he has somehow exchanged it. He took my cup of wrath and gave me the cup of new life. New Year's Eve, let's cheers to that. And with all that in memory, before we turn to one more expression in response of worship, there's one more thing that I want us to know, how we can look beyond the worst of even things like Jesus' body being broken and blood being shed to the best, to the best that he was envisioning. And here's the crazy thing. It's not just the cross of Good Friday. And it's not even just the resurrection of Easter Sunday. When Jesus sat down with his disciples, he said, I will not drink of this again until I drink it in the kingdom of God. He looked forward to a time where his people would be fully renewed and restored. No possibility of anything worse threatening us anymore. Only the best things to remain in his perfected kingdom with his people. That's what we have to look forward to. That's why we can prepare for the worst and steal our courage, because the best is yet to come. If you believe that, you can face anything. Let's pray together, church. Almighty God, help your church align our hearts to who you are and what you've done for us to look over your faithfulness and your promises and your goodness, your love poured out for us in the garden and on the cross, assuring us that we are seen and we are known and we are fully restored and forgiven. There is nothing that this world can threaten us with that is better than the best that you invite us into. And God, today we remember that we still need to steal our courage, and, and in a way, prepare for the worst. Because you certainly never promised us rosy circumstances. In fact, you promised us suffering and hardship. And if we're not ready for that, God, we're gonna get knocked aside at the first cost of discipleship. At the first time, serving you and being a part of your church actually cost us something. We're gonna get tired of it. So right now on this, on this special day, I ask that we would look back over your faithfulness and then steal our courage for the future because your kingdom, your love, your promises are all worthy of lives that are surrendered at your feet. So God, as we're about to sing about that, would you allow souls throughout this room and those joining us online to respond, not just sing a song or move to a next part in a service, to, but to respond in worship. Amen. We hope you encountered the love and power of Jesus in today's service. If you're interested in giving, for joining serving opportunities, and much more, visit timberlinechurch.org connect. Have a great week. Go be the church and let Love, live.